oh, I remember where I was when I saw the picture of the smirking yeah. kid and made my knee-jerk reaction to it. Kennedy assassination. Yeah. 9-11. And smirking, smirking kid. Smirking yeah. kid the Indian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, it, you know, it's like, it was, it just, it overtook like a week of national conversation. This is Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast is a production of literateape.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up big time this week. Last week. Whatever, whatever. I don't even know where it is anymore. Like... I, I just I fucked up and I've been the saying smirking it all week. kid in the Indian. I I saw that. Yeah. And I did some gentle due due diligence and I followed a few links and I saw some Instagram video of this this sixteen year old kid with a smug look on his face and a MAGA hat staring down a Native American man who was just banging a drum and I took the bait. I quote uh, you. I quote you on the book of Fo- Borg, uh-huh. the, the, the Borg yeah. of Face. Yep. The irony of this is incredible. Kids were there for the pro-life rally. When that ended, they headed to the Lincoln Memorial to be racist to indigenous people and at least one war vet on MLK weekend. No, it's not ironic. It's stupid. And in that same thread, Roy Zacker compared him to a frat boy race, rapist. Yeah. And you agreed with him that the kid was a frat boy rapist. Did I agree with him? Yes, you did. What, did I just like it? Yeah, you liked it, and then you said something, and you compared him to Kavanaugh or something like that. Fuck, see, yeah, I fucked I mean, up. I, I mean, don't even remember that. Well, the that, thing that I... was so funny was when I saw that, I saw yours first. Your thing was the first thing I saw. I didn't see the news, and I yeah. went, what the fuck? Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. And so then I, well, I mean, you know, and again, <laughs> keeping true to, you know, and I'm not always good at it, I'll be honest with you. Um, it, you know, the piece that I wrote, uh, a few days later was certainly not an example of Spock. You know, it was filled with dipshits and fuck offs and all this yeah, kind of stuff. But it, it was, was funny. It was a rant. It was good. Was, you know, and I don't let that guy out very often. So I, it's like in keeping with, I'm going to try to be level headed and focused on this kind of shit. Um, I made no judgments right away. I just read stuff. Yeah. I watched the videos. I thought, what's going on here? Um, you know, and part of it was everybody saw this kid smirking and they got pissed at him. Because it's a shitty, that was a shitty face. Like well, it was a smug thing, face but, but and nobody likes smugness. And maybe right. it's just <laughs> that I, that I, that I had some sort of a sense of identification. Not that I wear a MAGA hat or I'm from an all white Catholic rich prep school or any of that shit. Well, here's, but I have to stop you there real I quick. I get smug. I do. I get smug in the face of confrontation. I don't deal. I mean, I deal with confrontation well because I'm very confrontational, but I know from the I mean, I can think of as far back as like when I was in third grade, the vice principal hated me so much that he tried to kick me out of the hot lunch program because I was a smug little fucker. As we told my mom (laughs) that I was a smug little fucker. He hated my and, and because I was smug, this Grown man. I mean, I look back at this and, and as a 53-year-old man, I go, that's fucking crazy. That this grown man who is the vice principal of an elementary school 
hated a kid so much yeah. that he just wanted to say, that fucker doesn't get to eat. I hate him so much. And his whole goal was that I was out of control and I was a smug little fucker. And so when I see this kid, this pimply-faced 16-year-old kid, and I, and I see that smirk on his face, I don't automatically assume what a fucking piece of shit. I assume, oh, I'm, that's what I kid. did. He's a kid. Yeah, he's a kid, and that's yeah. and I do this to this day yeah. as a as a grown man. If you get right up in my face, it's made cops hate me when they're coming to give me the thing. One of my favorite lines, and it did not go well for me. I will point out, <laughs> is was I got pulled over. I don't remember what I was doing, speeding something, and this cop decided he was going to just fucking dress me down for it. Yeah, and. And he's yelling at me, and I get the smirk. I can't help myself. And that makes him mad. And then I said the worst thing I could have said. I mean, I think there's probably worse things I could have said. But what I said was, listen, you either get to lecture me or give me a ticket, but you don't get to do both. That's totally fair. Oh, and then I got to get outside of my car, Lucky and I got you. to I got yeah. to put my hands on my car. Oh, a little adventure, like, a little police oh, adventure. Was, okay, it was the dumbest fucking thing. So I, you know, I I, I looked at this kid's face and I went, yeah, there's more to this than, I, you know, it's, I I can't automatically leap to the conclusion. Yeah. That MAGA hat kid is uh, is somehow wrong. So I just kind of wanted to look and see what was going on. You on the other so hand. In, but in that in that journey, so I posted that thing on Facebook. Yep. And then I. Liked Rory Zacker's thing, which yeah. I, I regret that too. And then I responded to your thing. Yeah, and it was something like, you know, what would you do at 16? I was trying to make light of it. Yeah. I was trying to not just, I wasn't trying to backpedal myself out of it, but just like, all right, let's chill the fuck out a little bit. Yeah. And I was wrong, so okay. I I then got off Facebook. Like I, yeah, yeah. I, I had shit to do. And then the work we your started. Your blew up. Over 300 yeah. comments. Blue. I couldn't keep up, up with it. So I'm working throughout the week and, you know, I'm getting all these notifications and I don't have it like popping into my phone or anything. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. It's a few times a day that I go onto Facebook, I see it and I'm like, I don't have time to deal with this shit because I have work to do. I have things going on. I have, I, it was a busy work week. Like I just had shit to do and I wanted to find out what I had fucked up on. Like what was the yeah. actual true story? Because I'm... I'm a trained journalist. Like this is yeah. You, see, I'm not a trained fucking e anything. Even, I'm a trained monkey. So and literate for is me not, to be, yeah. we're not a we're not journalists. That's not what you we know, do. We don't we don't do journalism. It's literature, but, but it's not I journalism. still approach it you like a do. journalist. I like. Can we cite this? You know, is that? Yeah. A, and I will I will fact check certain yeah, things. Absolutely, I do the that same I feel thing. need to be fact checked in in this in our stories. Yeah, and I just hadn't had a chance to do that, and I should have done that to begin with. I should have done it to begin with. The whole, all of America should have done that right. to begin with, man. And I finally got a chance to do that uh, last night. I opened up the Facebook feed and I went through all the comments, <laughs> all, you know, a few of my Facebook friends bitching at each other yeah. and calling each other names and insulting each other and things going way off the fucking rails on things that had nothing to do with this at all. Oh, it just, yeah, it just, it just and, blew up. And then, like, and I'm just like, I. I, I, I'm not going to respond to any of this because it's too late. It's fucking dumb. It, it, it doesn't fucking matter. It, it was just, it was exhausting. Well, it was it this was bizarrely, you know, and I, 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 I always want to slap myself a little bit when I use the word zeitgeist, but it is, it's one of those moments. It's like the, and I, that's what I wrote in my videos. It's like that blue dress, gold dress thing. 
that was a little know? different. Well, I mean, no, but it's it's one of these internet moments that the, blew these, up the viral things that, that, that just that go literally, nuts. yeah, you know, you yeah, ten years from now. Yes, this will be you're a gonna moment say, in history. Remember yeah. the smirking boy and the Indian? And yeah. 90% of the people that you talk to are going to go, oh, yeah, I remember that. They're going to remember that. Yes. Like they'd remember 9-11. Yep. Or the, the election of Trump. It's like, oh, I remember where I was when I saw the picture of the smirking yeah. kid and made my knee-jerk reaction to it. <laughs> Kennedy assassination. Yeah. 9-11. Smirking, smirking kid. kid and yeah. the Indian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, it, you know, it's like it was, it just, it overtook like a week of national conversation. And in in the Facebook, in my Facebook thread, they were like, they were attacking the kid for all these reasons that didn't matter. Like something you said a minute ago about the, the rich, white, all boys Catholic school. Like yep. I've, I've worked at a Catholic school. Yeah. And I can tell you that there's a lot of rich kids that go to private Catholic schools. Yeah. But not everybody that goes to a private Catholic school is rich. Yeah. There are some that get assist you know they financial assistance, assistance. Yeah, so that's I exactly think that's how it the works. first thing where it's like they're not all just rich privileged assholes not all of them uh, secondly just them being there at the uh, the march for life or whatever it's called the, yeah, the, the march, pro, for, life. Pro-life, yeah, march was, for life is, yeah pro life that march. doesn't make them bad people now you can make plenty of arguments about you know if you're pro life then you're against women's ability to choose you want to control their bodies and all that but they're not necessarily bad people because I know a lot of pro-life well, people that aren't bad people. Well, this is the thing is, and it's very interesting how it, it, this is where the body politic really gets, I think, gets it wrong. I mean, if, if, if you're lobbying for one side or the other, I get that. Um, but I'm pretty sure that these kids were not marching against a woman's choice. I'm pretty sure. The thing about it is they're kids, so chances are they don't really the give a knows? shit. Right. But, you know, the thing about it is to assume that anybody is, who is anti-abortion is then de facto yeah. against women's choice is, it, like, as the primary argument, yeah. is erroneous. Because right. most people that I know, and I know a few, um, not nearly as many as I did when I was in fucking high school, but uh, uh, I know people that are they would say they were pro-life mm-hmm. and their argument is, and you and I have talked about this before, their argument is that abortion is the murder of innocent children. The right. thing about it is anybody, if that's the tack you take, that this thing, this, this, this procedure is murder. If you did anything, but like vociferously go after it, then you're a fucking sociopath. Right. And so to argue that, their argument is simply to restrict choice of women is erroneous and it's insulting. Yeah. You may not agree with their belief that abortion is murder. I don't. I, I think it's not murder. I don't either. But the, I don't but, think but it's the thing is, if you can't take it for at least stop for a second with your with your 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 zealotry and go, maybe whether or not I agree with that person or not, it's not a it, perhaps. This is not a dishonest, mm-hmm. you know, this is not an argument against me. It is an argument in favor of something they believe. And then you have the converse. Then it, it's about, and I had this conversation uh, today at a consultation, you know, it's like respect, trust, and empathy cannot be demanded. That's not how they work. Right. And they cannot be earned. 
I mean, everybody's like, oh, no, you earn respect. No, you don't earn respect because if you're earning respect, it means that you already don't have it. And now there's a constant ticker tape of constantly checking your actions to make sure that you, because if you fuck up, then you've lost it. Yeah. That's not how respect, trust, and empathy works either. How did you do this week, trust, Don? Let's see. You've exactly. lost three respect Trust, points. respect, yeah. and empathy yeah. are given, period. Yeah. They're given. It's like and, the right of way when, yeah. you, when you're driving. And if you give respect, and that's the thing, is I don't agree with uh, anti-abortionists, pro-life, whatever you want to call them. I don't agree with them. But if I, wanna, if I want to have a substantive con- conversation about abortion in America, I have to give respect mm-hmm. to the argument, or at least the person, before I have that conversation. And if I start with... No respect. Yeah, I'm not going to get respect back. And this is this is a hard thing for me to talk about because I agree with you, 110 thousand percent. I agree with you. But because I fucked up, mm-hmm. it, it's hard for me to take this position, unless you and and you, the listener, are willing to go. All right, David fucked up, and here's where he's where he really stands. You know, I I made a mistake. I've I've retracted. Well, I, mean, you, I haven't technically retracted the statement. You it's need still your, up there. You, the thing I is, need you need your, I absolutely and, need and in part, you know, last week we talked about sort of uh, conflicts that you've had with your wife when it comes to ideology and her perspectives on things. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're, you're think you're, I don't think there's anything wrong with making mistakes. If we live in a society where, and we do live in a society where making mistake is the fucking worst goddamn thing you can do. And if you made one 10 years ago and tweeted about it, mm-hmm. well, fuck you, yep. your career's on the line. It's yeah. like, we kind of live in a world where being wrong is so okay. awful. It's the biggest sin you can do. The worst thing you can do in our society is ever do or say anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's what I wrote in my piece, is like, okay, so you got this kid. Let's assume that the kid, we, I mean, he we went on TV and said, no, I didn't do anything wrong, which is fine. Um, but let's assume, let's, let's just take it a different direction. Let's say the kid looked at the video and realize that maybe he was being disrespectful yeah. to a, a Native American elder and, and that he could have done better. And he goes, well, now I have, at that, at that point, hundreds of thousands of people calling for his death, calling him names, calling him a frat boy rapist. Yeah. You know? So now he's got this. And he's 16. And we don't, you and I don't understand social media the way a 16-year-old does because it's his whole fucking life. Right. This is his whole life. It's all he's known. Yeah. So you got this. He's 16. He now has three choices. And really only three choices are available to him in the, in the age of call-out culture. He can double down and defend himself. You're goddamn right. I own, hate Native American and Yeah, and own war that veterans. racist yeah. pose. Yep. He can, second, he can conform and start a tour of apologies that will never be forgiven and will never end to people he's never met. Right. Or he can eat a fucking gun. Those yeah. are his three basic choices. Yep. So which do you think he's going to do? Any reasonable person that doesn't want to just B. die. He's going to go with option B. Option B, nobody wants to go on the apology tour. He's going he's gonna to double down. Well, I... I don't, but he hasn't doubled down. Well, I don't think he has. But he hasn't and he was apologized. Getting shit now for people, they're like, "Well, he hired a PR firm." Like, he, of who course fuck, he did. In this day and age, who the fuck because wouldn't? How? Yeah, because Jeez, if you had the money, goddamn right. He's got all these fucking. Even if you don't have the money, you find it because yeah. he's got the the entire country 
coming, you know, and I'm, he's I'm, polarized, I'm speaking yeah. in hyperbole there, but he's got the, the country coming at him and how, how, they don't know how to, you know, go to the media and it, he doesn't just like what they don't hire PR firm. So his mom just calls the Today Show and says, hi, I'm Mrs. Smugface's mom. Yeah. I'm smug. I'm, I'm Smugface's mom. Um, Mrs. Sa- I'm Mrs. Sa- Sandman, right? That's his name. Something like that. Yeah. I'm Mrs. Let's humanize Sandman. him. Mrs. I'm Mrs. Sandman, and my son is, like the, is the kid making the smirk. And um, can we get some time on it? They're gonna go. Who the what? That sh-? I mean, they might take it, but yeah. you need a PR firm for this kind of stuff. Yeah. That doesn't make you guilty. No. That doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you privileged. It just means, in the negative way. It just, it just means, means you're doing you, what you need to do because your kid's idiot. life is on the line. One of my favorite shows, and I've been kind of reflecting since I'm leaving Chicago on all my many fucking years in Chicago. One of the shows we did in 99 was an improv show called My Grandma's a Fat Whore in Jersey. <laughs> and it was Jen Elson and Matt Kay, and, what, and I directed. And what I wanted for the show, it was kind of a punk rock, weird-ass uh, improv show. But what I said was I wanted every character, every scenario mm-hmm. to deal with the following concept and the concept is the malleability and transfusion of guilt and, 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 and wrongdoing and so what I said is like here's the image a priest, Catholic priest for 25 years helps families helps them in their grief counsels them gives food to the poor you know he does good deeds that a priest is associated to doing with right for 25 years he builds effectively a good deeds credit card that immediately is completely erased Mm -hmm. as soon as we find out he fucked a few boys now that is not say that fucking a few boys is not a horrifying crime but how do we as just human beings, how do we find some sort of balance between good things people have done in their lives versus the bad things? Because ultimately, when, when you're caught, it's, there's not that many bad things. Just, they're bigger. Yeah. And, and, and I wasn't saying that he deserved any kind of redemption. I'm just saying, how do we as a society deal with this? And the way we deal with it now is if you make one mistake your entire existence is now defined we send them to exile by that one mistake yeah you know and and yeah. so that that you know i think that becomes the question and one of the things that i thought it was very interesting is my and this is the thing i kept coming back to was it wasn't even the smug look on the kid's face yeah that set a lot of people off but it wasn't the smug look that really set people off because when people started to go, wait a minute, I watched the video. I watched the hour and 45 minute video. I watched the black heaves hurl shit at these kids. Technically, you can't say heave. That's a derogatory term. Yeah, well, those guys. I mean, yeah, those guys. Those give, guys, they get some derogatory. Those guys give heaves a bad name. Well, the thing about everywhere. it is those guys yeah. were. And the or thing about heaves they, everywhere they, a bad Like name. I said, everybody was kind of a dick <laughs> in this situation. But those guys were sitting there on the mall trying to get they were their viral shit. well they were trying yeah. to get a viral video yeah. they were throwing horrible epithets at anyone and everyone because it was their video the, the yeah. two hour video was what theirs. they were doing is they were trying to get yeah. a viral video of their own yeah. and so that was their agenda they're just shitting on everybody but we don't get I mean, and, and the thing about it is their their dogma is uh, the thing is they are, they are like a venomously almost like freakishly anti-gay group 
They are just openly racist. Mm-hmm. I mean, they make no thing. But why, why, why didn't anybody, and they're adults, why didn't anybody go, what the fuck? How could they be saying this? How could they, how, we, we watched the video, yeah. I don't see anybody. I don't see, I see, I see everybody going, well, they did this, but it's not an excuse for the kid being smug. But nobody, I don't really see anybody going, except for like highly, highly conservative people, yeah. fuck them, right. is going after these, these uh, black activists. And I looked at it and I read about it. And then I started reading things like this, Alyssa Milano. She tweeted, the red MAGA hat is the new white hood, which would be a close analogy, you know, if people put MAGA hats on and lynched black people. But they don't. So it's really not a good analogy. That's because the hat doesn't fit under the hood. TV you writer... can't wear them at the same time. David Simon, The, the Wire, mm-hmm. he said, once a campaign prop, a MAGA cap now fronts for such raw evil... And it, it makes it sound like this red baseball cap, by wearing it, you have now signed allegiance with Satan, you know? And the thing is, it's a fucking hat. And these guys were 16 years old. And it goes along with the assumption, the stereotype, that anybody that supports Donald Trump is a racist. And I will say, and that's one thing Allison said, is I think it's an easier thing to say that while not every Donald Trump supporter is a racist... Predominantly, racists are Donald Trump supporters. Be, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 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 that you can't confuse those two. Twenty nine percent of the Hispanic population in this country voted for a man yeah. who said Mexicans are all rapists. Right. So it, it's more how, complicated. Yeah, how did, that doesn't add up. Right. It's more complicated than the simple. Dogmatic. I want to fucking get mad, and I want to call this kid a frat boy rapist because it makes me feel good, and I'm angry. This 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 jingoistic, polemic existence has has got. It's like everything has to be reduced to good and evil, right? Anti-racist or racist. Everything has to be boiled down to these two extremes, and that's a child's perspective. Yeah, you know that's that's not that's not an adult perspective. An adult perspective understands the complexities of almost everything. And what we discovered in this sort of Rashomon with this, with this fucking kid (laughs) is that it was far more complicated than one picture and a bunch of knee jerk reactions could possibly encapsulate. The media is not going to learn because they have their ratings that they have to get. They have to attract their, their viewers and their readers. And yeah, MSNBC and Fox just, you know, as they, MSNBC is not going so to side with the MAGA hat. They might. Well, no, I mean, they don't have to side with the MAGA hat. That's not where reporting is. But, but I want to back up. Report. So you're saying that it, MSNBC spews their, fucking opinion. Well, that's their job. So what you're saying is modern journalism, media right now, their yeah. job is not to report information, it's produce content that turns into eyeballs, that turns into advertising dollars. So the journalism, these media outlets, these institutions of of the fourth estate, their job is to make money, not to actually compile and decipher information. Not all media, but Fox News, MSNBC, CNN kind of sits in the middle and goes, all right, what are these two idiots fighting about? Let's capitalize on that and then get a shitload of people on screen and yelling at each other. But I don't think that... um, PBS or NPR or uh, <coughs> the Washington Post 
Yeah. Um, I don't think that those organizations are doing anything but working really hard to do true journalism in reporting the news and the facts as they are. But Rachel Maddow see, actually, and whoever the see, hell the is on, is, you know, I think, Tommy again, and Lair, whatever the hell her name again, is. Again, I think it's more complicated than even you're making it. Because I think there are probably, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, you know, again, I don't know these people, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a, a hazard a guess that there are real meat and potatoes, fucking all the president's men, goddamn journalists that work for MSNBC. NBC. I'll bet there's some that work for Fox. I'll bet there's some that work. I'm sure there's some that work for CNN. And I also know from Maybe, my own experience with public radio. Of that. But I also know from my own experience with public radio. And I'm not going to throw any of my reporters that I worked with at WBEZ. Yeah. But the management is all about the money. It's all about the money. I mean, ultimately, yeah. I mean, that's. And, I mean, if you look at and so you mentioned the, so it's the, not all as, the president's men. Those as, guys struggled to get the story out. It's not as cut and dry as well. PBS and NPR are pure as a driven snow and they're walking around with their fucking, you know, Nelson Algren award hanging out of their fucking <laughs> shorts. No, I would say that if you're going to adjust it, yeah, there's probably a much more, uh, a more solid journalistic, uh, integrity on public radio and public media than there is for commercial radio and commercial media and commercial newspapers. But I don't think it's as simple as, these guys are hacks, and these no, guys are, are heroes. nothing's that simple, but come on. I mean, the simple. Washington Post, the way that they report is a lot different than what MSNBC is putting out there. I mean, oh, that's, it's that's different. clear. Like, it's, it's different. MSNBC, for fuck's sake, like, Brian Williams was on NBC, was anchoring the yeah. NBC Nightly News, or whatever the hell or it's Or whatever called, it is, yeah. And for years was lying about a story. Yeah. For years yeah, was yeah, lying was, about a story the, about, uh, that he was shot at he in a helicopter shot down, yeah, or whatever. whatever it was, yeah. And he lost his anchor. He lost his anchor chair for that, which he should have. Yes. And then MSNBC goes and gives him a show, and they have him sitting on the the desk during the election. You know, the biggest night. Yeah, in but news. he he said he lied. Right. He apologized. But he still has that no mean- credibility, and they brought him in. Dan Rather fucked up by not fact checking. Yeah, oh, a story yeah. with George Bush in yeah, 04. Yeah. Yep. Lost his anchor chair and was like banned from I know. from major media forever. He's still not fully back. He's, still, I mean, he, no, he's no, doing great stuff yeah, but. on his own because he's Dan Rather and he's fucking awesome. Yeah. But he fucked up. And I'm not comparing myself to Dan Rather here except that I fucked up. I didn't fact check. You know, so well, I mean, but again, in this world, but that's of, not as bad about lying about but, things. I don't double I, down but, on what I'm wrong about or what I know is not yeah. true. There was a point in Martin Luther's life where he noticed that pretty much the Catholic Church had so much power that the priests had so much power because you had entire congregations of people who believed in the Bible, but could not read the Bible because they couldn't read and there were no printed Bibles in their language. Right. And it meant that there was this monolithic monopoly on information that it was the priest distributed the information through the lens that they felt, you know, that, and everybody just had to trust that what they said was true. And then Martin Luther went, you know, and here's a reductive version of history, but he basically went, 
you know what? Fuck that. Here's 99, 99.95 thesis, whatever. I'm yeah. going to put this on it, and I'm going to go to the Gutenberg Press, and I'm going to make sure that we have Bibles that they can read so that people then can take the initiative and not have to just take this one. So I would argue, in a comparison, we have been accepting what journalists and what media organizations, what the fourth estate has been telling us since forever. Walter Cronkite was lauded, you know, Edward R. Murrow, lauded. We accepted what they had to say. We believed in what they had to say. So we didn't have to read the news. We didn't have to learn how to do it. We just accepted what they said because, well, they're, they're those people. Well, it turns out somewhere around the 60s, middle, mid-60s, when they took off specifically with televised news, they took off the requirement that the news be commercial-free, that it be ad-free. Right. Um, all of a sudden, the news became a way to make money. And the result is, and that's why it's like, oh, let's blame Facebook. I think Facebook has something to do with it, but I think it's, again, it's like, you know, oh, my God, let's blame the MAGA hats. Now, Donald Trump has been, ha been in inevitability coming since Reagan. And I've argued that even, you can even go back to Kennedy and the Kennedy-Nixon debate. As soon as it became popularity based on televised metrics, yeah. optics, Donald Trump was an inevitability. He was going to happen eventually because yeah. that's where we're going. Same thing with the fact that, okay, just, just the other day, BuzzFeed just yeah. laid off 15% of its journalists. They're not fucking journalists at BuzzFeed. Well, but, <laughs> but, they, you know, but they are a media organization and millions of people get their news and their cat listicles from BuzzFeed. And that's problematic. The New York Times and the Washington Post, among just a handful of media organizations, have made the move to digital profitable. Most are giving up their digital arms because they can't make any funny money, fucking money on it. So, you know, everybody else is kind of fucked with it. And, and journalists are just getting fired right and left. The, the journalists that are getting jobs, they're keeping jobs, generally happen because some catcher, cap, or, uh, venture capitalist yeah. comes in and says, all right, I'm willing to lose a billion dollars because I think this is important. But the business model is bankrupt yeah. for modern journalism. And, you know, the thing that's interesting about it is that we're caught in a, in a place where it's, I almost think it's like teaching. <clears throat> Anybody that wants to be a, a teacher today pretty much has to do it because they really love it because there's no pay. There's long hours. You don't get a whole lot of thank you. And the government tells you you're a piece of shit, which is kind of like being a professional journalist is today. Yeah. You know, and... The model is broken, but the thing about it is I don't think social media and the internet broke the model. I think it was always broken. And social media and the internet just exposed they the cracks. They exacerbated it too. They just exposed yeah. the cracks of why this was the priests getting up and the talking heads telling us how to think, yeah. telling us what to think, deciding what news was fit to print and what news was not. What do we want to know? How do we want to think it? Ultimately, at a certain point, all media became propaganda on some level because really for many years, well, the yeah, only I people, mean, the only corporations that owned media were also the corporations that made guns and bombs. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, well, and that's I mean that's the thing. Like you know, Chicago has two, and Las Vegas. I actually I don't think I don't know if Las Vegas does anymore. I'd, I'd have to fact check this. So fuck it, we'll talk about Chicago. But they they've got the Sun Times. Yep. And the Chicago Tribune. Yeah. Two major newspapers yes, on top I of mean, all the other, you know, world the class, and everything else, right? Internationally read. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference, and I don't know what the difference was. I grew up reading the Chicago Tribune. So my, that's the newspaper my grandparents got. That's the newspaper my parents got. That's what I read my funnies every morning when I was yeah. a kid. That's, so I never read the, the Sun-Times until I got older and I moved here and I was, I'll read both sides. And I, I don't know. Is one conservative? Is one liberal? I, I don't know. I always, and this is from 30 Years of Chicago. When I first got here, uh, my knee-jerk, again, let's get rid of all complications. Let's just go for the easiest assumption, was that if you were, to, you know, the categorizing Sun-Times was the newspaper of Rob Lagojevich and that kind of Chicago machine. Okay. It was sort of like the dirty politics, you know, the, 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 the Beverly Sort of like white old fat guys, yeah. you know that kind of, you know, they, and their yeah. wives with a giant hair. That's the Sun Times. <laughs> okay. And the Tribune was the Gene Siskel and the Northwestern University okay. and sort of the more intellectually elite. That was how I always saw those two papers. Now, it does get you, know, you get you, you bleed over. I mean, I'm like right. Jim DeRogatis is one I think is one of the best. Journalist, whether you know, he's a rock journalist, but it doesn't matter. He's one of the best journalists I have ever met in person. Mm-hmm. Um, he's exemplary. He is dogmatic. He is zealot, zealous. He gets the story right. Yeah. He's one of the first motherfuckers that reported the R. Kelly stuff. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's been, I mean, he's been reporting this for fucking ever. Oh, we finally caught up to what a real journalist is. Yeah. He writes for the Sun Times. Okay. You know, I mean... Yeah, I mean, there, there's so good there, and evil on both sides. And yeah. Good and evil is not absolute. We all have good and evil yeah. in us. We're but all the me, bad guys. To me, the, the Chicago Sun-Times... on what the situation is. The Chicago is. Sun-Times is the paper that you wrap your fucking fish in on Maxwell Street. And the Tribune is the one that you line your birdcage with yeah. um, up in uh, sure. Lincoln Square. And I, I still prefer the Tribune. One, because it's what I grew up with. Yeah. And two, because... And this doesn't matter as much in the digital age... But I didn't like the layout and the design of the Sun-Times. Well, tab- the Sun-Times was tabloid I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I just didn't. Style. I just didn't like it. So, okay, fine. Point is that you've, you have to look at both sides to form your opinion first. And normally, that's what I do. That's what I try and do. And yeah. I'm not perfect at it, and I don't, I'm not absolute, and... Uh, but to go one way and to forgive or to, to make it impossible to forgive your your old knowledge with the new, with the new information that comes in and go, oh, I was I was wrong about that. Because I've seen a, in that face in that 300 fucking oh, comments Jesus, on my Facebook yeah. feed, I'm watching people. And I'm like, wait, but that's not that's not true from what I've found. But you're doubling down on this. Like one of the things that the kids doing the well, tomahawk. Thing. Yeah. I didn't see that. Well, I did. Okay, I so I might have. I still might have missed some. Things. My issue was that's things. My issue with that, and then we don't talk about these guys. But my issue with with a lot of our reaction was, we nationally media did it, um, Facebook did it. You know what we did was, we said this went wrong, 
and we're going to place all of our vitriol and all of our blame by doxing this one smug-looking white kid. Okay. Now, we're not going to dox or name the chaperones that brought them there. Right. We're not going to dox and name the specific administrators of the Catholic high school that allowed them to go... That, put them on a fucking bus or a field trip to 16-year-olds to go march for life. Whatever your cause is, you don't send 16-year-olds yeah. to fucking... You just don't, you know? Well, see, I, I disagree with we you didn't here. I don't dox, think that 16-year-olds are as the, bad. The black Hebrew Israelites. We didn't dox them. We didn't. Those guys, their names didn't get put on there. Nobody's calling for them to fucking, you know, die in a fire. Yeah. You know, and, and so we put it He's all on this th fucking that, that smug kid looking kid. Because... And I'm not saying that white men have it hard not. It's not what I'm getting at. But the a private Catholic school, white kid, you go rich, MAGA hat, evil. See, easier to fucking. I don't even him. think it. That, 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 I think again, that's the problem. I that's don't not think necessarily that true. I don't think that he's. I don't think it's because he was. Oh, white. I think that's a big. Well, thing. I think it has something yeah. to do. But I don't think the primary cause of of the vitriol and the, the knee jerk was the white, and I don't think it was that he was rich or Catholic. I think it was two things. It was the fucking MAGA hat, which people now have associated with racism, which is fucking horseshit. You don't wear a hat. It, it's not. Uh, it's, it, I think the MAGA hat is is a statement. It's a support. It's a, a statement Donald support Trump for and Donald Trump stands for a lot of president. things that people don't like. Well, Donald and Trump. And he's so but, divisive but, in your opinion. Of him. I so agree. So put his I hat agree. on. Because it's his hat. Well, no, he branded. You put it's his really hat on, branding. You're going, oh, it's one of those Trump people. Well, fuck that. Well, and that's the problem is, you know, because the thing is. Whether it's racism or classism the whole or whatever, Trump supporter Trump. thing. And Trump is the our, problem. Our difficulty with the country, and this is the partisanship of our country, is that nobody seems, to, the, the solution that people have, you know, the most strident on either side, the solution is there's more of us than them. Let's just kill them. Or let's just make them irrelevant. Or like I put in my piece, which I, I'm just fucking fascinated by this. Boy, this pissed me off. And it really did. It really made me mad to read it. It's, it's people aren't racist because they lack uh -huh. education or intelligence. They're racist because being racist makes them feel good. The solution is not education, but to make racism so socially unacceptable and harshly punished that being racist makes your life fucking miserable. That's fine it, in, in, until you realize that everyone is basically racist. Yeah. Everyone has prejudice. Yes. Everyone has bias. And if that's the game, it just means wholesale destruction of anybody you've decided has a percentage of racism that is not acceptable for you. Well, I, I think part of that is... I think that's crap. It's not even the racism. Because you, you, you could take out racism and put in misogyny or... Anything. Wh whatever the fuck it is. Anti-vax. Yeah, yeah. It's all... There are so many levels to why... I mean, Jesus, I, I could pick that thing apart for I fucking hate that. days. I, I, that was on and Facebook. And that was one of those things in the story. I, I texted you and I said, can we cite this? Who I, said this? And, and you said... No, I did. the thing about it is I don't. I, I absolutely categorically, and it's, it's just one of those things I feel very strongly about. I'm not into call-out culture. I am not into... Uh, isolating people for their views online and having and, and, and exposing them. Yes, they put it on their wall. 
Their name was on it. It's All public. their Facebook friends can see it. It is not my place. I, I, I don't disagree. This thing is, I don't have issue with the person. Okay. I have yeah. issue with the idea. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is, it's a read. It's in Time Magazine, uh, the, the latest issue. Uh, how to fix social media before it's too late. An early investor on how Facebook lost its way by Roger McNamee. Okay. Um, Can you find it online? Probably. It's the technology section. Yeah. yeah. He, if you can't hear, he actually has the magazine. It's, yeah, I've got the magazine. Yeah. Um, it's great because he's a big investor and he he really calls out Sandberg and uh, uh, Hoodie Guy. What, yeah. uh, what, Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg, thank you. <laughs> hoodie Whatever. Guy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting article and it's, it's not going to like change your world. Like, oh my God, I had no idea. But it's just interesting to hear an insider talk about how they have fucked things up time and time again yeah so similar my first thing is a read um it's in mother jones you can find it on mother jones uh online it's called the it's the end of news as we know it and facebook is feeling fine it's by <laughs> monica bauerline and clara jeffrey what's really interesting is it's it's an insider's perspective on how facebook basically systematically took ad dollars from journalism Right. Mm -hmm. You know, because all the advertisers went over to Facebook and then it became a purveyor of content rather than information. Right. So now all the journalists are getting fired because there's no money in journalism. Everybody. You know, Facebook then changes the thing and it's no longer about information. It's about content. It was always about that. Yeah. And then because of all the controversy with Cambridge Analytic and all that kind of stuff, now they've gone back to saying, okay, we're just new pictures of babies. So basically they came in, destroyed journalism, and then said, oops. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, it's a long read, but it's absolutely fascinating because they, one of the things they do is because it's Mother Jones, they talk about how when Facebook started, our hits, our, our reads went up by millions. Yeah. And this is what happened. And then all of a sudden they changed it back to pictures of babies and their, their numbers dropped dramatically. Sure. And what Mother Jones is doing, which is I think is the best model for journalism anyway, is they're going with a public radio model where they have certain sponsors, they have uh, subscriptions, but they keep, they keep all of their online content free, no paywall. I mean, right. it's a really interesting model. It's a fascinating read. Okay. Uh, my next thing to do is listen. Uh, listen to the podcast Public Official A. Mm. It's the story of Rod Blagojevich, yep. former governor of Illinois. Um, if you're not familiar with, with Blago at this point, shame on you. Yeah. Even if you're not an Illinois resident or Chicago resident, which is, I guess, an Illinois resident yeah, by default. Kind of. A little bit. You know. Uh, it's really interesting. And there's yeah. only been one episode out so far, yeah. but it's, it, you know, just the, the, the corruption of politics and the, the uh, braggadociousness. It's a of, brilliant cautionary tale, yeah. especially considering we have a reality television star as our president. Yeah. Um, my number two is, in, in terms of what we had a conversation, is it's three articles. They're not all long. They're not long. They're all on the Atlantic that I think really kind of give you a nice perspective on this whole 
smug mug kid, you know, the smirking <laughs> kid in the Indian. There's three articles. There's the confrontation on the mall by James Fallows. Really good piece. There's I failed the Covington Catholic test by Julie Irwin Zimmerman. Great read. And stop trusting viral videos by Ian Bogost. Yep. And if you read those three, you don't have to go through too much of the other bullshit. It kind of really, it really has a nice clean way of saying before, during, and after, let's take a look at this phenomenon that just kind of overtook the country for a week. Yeah. So my third thing to do this week is, uh, it's lighter. Listen to the band Greta Van Fleet. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were on SNL last week and man, they're good. They're fucking great. They're really it's, good. They, they sound like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like that's the closest that's thing. A, that's actually a pretty apt comparison. And, and it's just, it's awesome. And they're, it's, it's great. And it'll take you away from all the bullshit that's happening today. It's just, it's good. It's just good rock and roll. Yeah. It's great rock and roll. And my third thing is also a little bit lighter, um, but it's also infuriating and highly entertaining in a, <laughs> how fun is it to watch rich millennials get fleeced? Okay. Watch <laughs> Fire on Netflix. Yep, that's on um, my list. I have yep. not yet seen Fire Fraud on the Hulu, but I've heard that you know it's a little bit, it's slightly different. But definitely, if you got Netflix, watch Fire F Y R E. It's all about it, that. That was the thing, and then maybe I, I looked at it from a different lens than most people would. Because um, yes, watching uh, rich assholes get fleeced for. If you got rich that kind of fucking, oh yeah. God. But what I watch, and this is what's frustrating is I watched it from perspective of an event planner, you know, an event producer and designer. And the thing that I didn't, it, it, it really annoyed me on some level as I'm watching this is you got the guy that fleeced everybody. Yeah. But everybody being interviewed are all these event planners, these people that do logistics for events, basically just not taking any responsibility <laughs> for fucking this thing up um, and blaming it on him. And the fact is, there's not one of those motherfuckers that is a fucking event planner I'd shit out of my asshole because all of that stuff <laughs> was fucking obvious. I yeah. mean, every one of them, they all had plenty of time to solve the problems that they did not solve. Every right. one of those problems and any event planner that's worth sucking a cock. And if you watch the documentary, I understand that reference would, would know how to fix all of those problems. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they were enamored by the money and the models yep. and the thing. And they just were, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's every event is simple. Where do they sit? Where's the bathrooms? Yeah. How do we feed them? I mean, this is not complicated shit. Right. It's really not that complicated. It costs money. It takes planning. But that's what you do. These motherfuckers on there are all like, well, he, I, I told him. Fuck you, you told him. Yeah. Fuck you, you told him. You were drunk and partying just like everybody else. Uh -huh. So shut your fucking pie hole. This has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Locomotive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. 